Hello and welcome to A Sporting Discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I'm Andrew Donison and I'm joined by the radiant AJ Mithin. Hello AJ. Andrew, how are you? I'm well, you've got a cheeky smile. I'm pumped. I'm Why pumped. are you pumped? Massive sporting weekend coming up. I'm heading down to Geelong. Uh, thanks to our friends at the O'Brien Group, uh, I'm going to watch Geelong uh, Western Bulldogs on Friday night and on Sunday I'm going to watch Melbourne Victory play a friendly against Atletico Madrid. In Geelong. In Geelong at KP, Cadinia Park. The biggest weekend in Geelong. It's going to be great. The, the classic Geelong slash Atletico double. On this week's episode, we will be looking ahead to the Olympic Games. We will talk a little bit about Anthony Mundine v Danny Green. We'll look at injuries in the AFL and the media's response to those. And we will look back at our social media poll about celebrating successes and our question about your favourite cliches and truisms. As we always say, a discussion is two ways. Us here at ASD Stadium and you, the listener, Make sure you get in contact with us via Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion so we can make sure we are talking about issues that are of interest to you. We will firstly whip very quickly through confirmations and corrections, AJ. No, all clear, all clear. Uh, what I would like to do, though, is mm. pay some due regard to Margaret Court, ah. who our listeners may have thought last week I was throwing shade, as the kids say. I certainly was very quick to distance myself from your comments. I got letters of support from Dawn Fraser, Raylene Boyle, and Kitty Tiller uh, for my stance, but it wasn't really a stance. I was just pointing out that a lot of uh, Margaret Court's grand slams were won before the open era started. That's all, where people had to literally catch a boat to come to Australia. Flights were rare and uh, she reeled off seven straight Australian Opens from 1960 to 66 uh, as part of that. She's still, she's still <laughs> bloody good. Yes. 192 uh, singles titles overall. Sorry, uh, singles and doubles titles overall. A great player. 92 titles in the Open era which compares very favor- favorably to your Serena. To Serena, but I'm... Um, 94 or 95. I think, yeah, so Serena's got more in the open ear, but she's 100 behind overall. But I will still stand by my argument that Serena Williams is one of, if not the greatest athlete of all time. I agree with you on that. If I you just disagree, to, folks, social media us. Let's have want, it. I just wanted to distance any uh, throwing of shade on Margaret Court. <laughs> AJ, topical recap proudly brought to you by Ultimate AFL Trivia. Search for them on Facebook. You can get AFL-related questions on their Facebook page every day. You can also get in contact with Ultimate AFL Trivia if you would like them to come to your sporting club and do an AFL-themed trivia night. Anywhere in Australia. Anywhere in Australia. Search for them, Ultimate AFL Trivia. So the topical recap this week, we had a tweet from good friend Adrian Moran of the Durham Castle Arms. He asked, as a St Kilda fan, can I start getting excited about the Saints this season in September? Hashtag the F word. Hashtag no. Hashtag 
not a chance. Two games and twenty percent out of the eight with five games to go. Adrian, you can get excited oh, about. Does he mean in twenty sixteen? Yeah. Oh, you are in dream world, my friend. Adrian, you can certainly get excited about September because it's going to be a very good final series, but you might need to adopt a new team for that final series. We did a poll, AJ, about celebrating successes and how an athlete should demonstrate that. Should they go over the top or should it be a little bit underwhelmed? That's right. Uh, after, what's his name from the Brisbane? Reese Matheson. Reece Matheson, who uh, brought back the shotgun celebration. Um, we had a pretty big response and it was a pretty interesting result. Mm. Uh, the questions were, when an athlete does something good, they should. It was A, put on a big time display, like your John Drummond, uh, you know, US... 4 by 100 metre team who did, I think, three laps posing all the way <laughs> while uh, other races were going on around them. Good on him. <laughs> uh, option B was be quiet and respectful. Uh, tip of the hat, you know, small little lean over, pick your ball up out of the hole and carry on with your business. Mm-hmm. And C, as usual, who cares? Yeah. It was pretty even across those. Pretty even spread, but the winning one was, let's put it this way, when an athlete does something good, they should, who cares? Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure just means do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? Honestly, well, it, it's of no concern. Do you like it's of no concern. But coming in second was put on a big time display. Mm. And we had uh, a couple of responses to that. Regular tweeter Rob Aileen, I love a big celebration when it suits, but don't lose your... Languages. Kicking a goal in the last quarter when you're down by 100 points. I did that when I was when I played football. Well, I, kicked, I kicked a goal once to take it. I think it was to move the margin from something like 74 to 68 and I went off. And then when I was doing it, I thought, what are you doing? Well, Rowan, uh, Rowan McLaughlin has suggested something similar. After having many games like that for the Eastlake Football Club, I support celebrating those goals like they are premierships. <laughs> now, do, you, do you remember, um, just on, the, on Rob's theme... India touring Australia, I think it was the 0304 series, um, where I can't remember who won the series. Might have been a draw. Yes, one all, I think that one was one and all. ended. Yeah. So India would have retained the trophy, but that doesn't yes. matter. What I think it was in the, the last test or something like that. Yep. Um I know where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh India made, I think it was something like seven hundred in their when they batted. Declared. Usually when you bat for 700, you only bat once. Um, and Brett Lee took a wicket. I think it was to make it something like six for 665 or something like that. <laughs> and um, got down on his knee and, you know, did a chainsaw and jumped and, yeah, I got a wicket. Rah, rah, and all, you know, it was, yeah, not the time, not the place. No, no. The best part about that one was the Indian batsman waited until Brett Lee got hit for his 200th run before <laughs> declaring. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Sarov Ganguly uh, applauded him, gave him a round of applause, <laughs> and then they walked off the field. So good. Oh, but, yeah, boy. so that, that's an, uh, an occasion where you might not necessarily want to over-celebrate. Maybe keep that in the bank. There is the – I think it might have been Sean McLaughlin who raised this – the celebrate like you've done it before. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah whereas, that's, that's huge in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Act see, like you've done it before. Mine is act like you'll never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> because you never know. 
Actually, there's a big um, big conflict going on in Major League Baseball at the moment between the um, fellas coming over from Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Cuba, all those sort of places where a bit of flair and bat flipping and celebrating when you do something good is part of the game and they come over to uh, play in the MLB where it's, you know, tip of the hat. If, oh. you, if you hit a massive home run, you jog around the bases respected, you know, full of respect with your head down. Don't rub it in anyone's face or anything like that. Right. It's a big, It'll be interesting to see which big culture cultural wins. clash. I, I get more. Get get yeah. up. And, get up well, yeah. you'd you'd like this. Your Chicago White Sox pitcher Chris Sale was sent home before their game <laughs> against the Detroit Tigers last week for what the team called a clubhouse incident. <laughs> The reports was it, was it what? The reports have come out saying that Sale was upset at the prospect of wearing a retro uniform. So whether it was uncomfortable or he just didn't like the way it looked. So he took a <laughs> pair of scissors and cut up all of the jerseys so that no one could wear them. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> slightly strange. I love Chris Sale. He's one of the best pitchers in the American League, but yeah, they, in his defence, those tops looked like they should be cleaning hotel rooms rather than playing professional sport. But let me let me say, LeBron James cut the cut the sleeves off his uh, t-shirt jersey last season, I think it was for the Cavs. Yeah, but he didn't do that. Made them as have a to re- made, Yeah, he did. He made him have to redesign the whole thing so that your arms can move better with the uh, short sleeves on. So, but it, but it was he wasn't sent home, was he? No, it wasn't a it, it wasn't, wasn't a clubhouse it incident. It wasn't and. Uh, as Chris Sale tried to put it, it wasn't him raging against the commercial aspect of the sport he loves so much. Uh, yes, it was just a... I can't really think of the words to describe what that was. No. <laughs> unnecessary is one. Uh, very unnecessary. <laughs> Speaking of words to describe things, AJ, favourite cliches and truisms. We talked about a few last week and we put it out to social media mm-hmm. and we got a very good response the one of one of the ones that we got, Greg Furness, he's a confidence player. Confidence player. Greg said, This annoys me. It can only be said by inferring his confidence levels after he does something. How would you know he was confident before it? Yeah, he could have been thinking, Oh my god, I hope this works. <laughs> and then kicks a goal and they go, Oh yeah, he's a confidence player. Doesn't like, doesn't confidence player in the legal uh, fraternity mean a con man? <laughs> Possibly. I'm not down with my legal terminology. Yeah, well, that's just a way to think about it. Greg Furness had a, another one, which is a classic in amateur footy in amateur footy circles. We just switched off for that 10-minute period. <laughs> and Greg says, no, they were just better than us and it was always going to show for some 10-minute period in the match. <laughs> well, we got another one here from a guy calling himself Andrew Donison. That's me. Uh, saying they disguised that well. No, they didn't. They didn't. Because, yeah, you just told us what happened. <laughs> it's that, that one's particularly in the AFL when a player is trying to get the ball out of bounds. And, yes, oh, he disguised mm. that well. Unless, uh, unless you think that you are literally the only person who worked out what they were trying to do. And <laughs> maybe well, some commentators might think they are. Yes. Uh, uh, Tim Sugarpova. Oh, uh, where, where have you been, Tim Sugarpova? It's been a while. He's been uh, looking after his uh, lolly kingdom. He's the lolly Just read, read the comment. 
Andrew, if the insert team name here are to be taken seriously as a finals contender, the players need to get their heads over the ball and return to playing corridor football. All right, I'll let you tee off on this one because it involves your contested ball statistic. Nah, not even going to bother. Not going to bother? No. All right. Nah. Put your head... We talked enough AFL last week anyway. Put your head over the ball. Why? Honestly. Get I injured. Would... Yeah. I suffered multiple concussions putting my head over the ball. I didn't because I never put my head over the ball. <laughs> I was the softest centre-half forward you're likely to see. Oh. No, I was. Nah, you're right. Yeah. Jack McGrath throws up another AFL one which annoys the hell out of me. It's a Dwayne Russellism chaos ball. He says, chaos ball has to be the most overly generous description of a munted hack kick forward. <laughs> Kicked a lot of chaos balls in my time as well. <laughs> Defence wins championships. Well, that's true, as long as you score more than you allow. <laughs> Sean McLaughlin. Thank you, Sean Thank McLaughlin. You. Uh, Phoebe Glover, who got us on Twitter. Thanks, Phoebe, uh, for listening in. They have to be the next to score to have a chance. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just have to score more than the they other team to, by the end of it. They just have to be in front, because if you're like 25 points down and there's a minute left, if you score next... You're not really a chance. And also, what if the other team scores and then you score four times? Okay. All right. Next. Another one. Ben Ross uh, on Twitter. Gus Gould, uh, NRL commentator, said the Dragons have to believe they are still in the game. And they were, they were 12 points behind. So, <laughs> well, well, they believe they were playing. Yeah. They no. may, did, well, that's, a, that's an interesting one. You're always in the game up to a certain point. You're in the game. You're just not winning. Yeah. <laughs> but they have to believe it, AJ. You've got to believe oh, got to it. Believe. Because you can't win unless you believe. If Lenny you, Kravitz told us that. Well, you can't believe. You can execute all the skills you want and score all the points you want, but unless you believe that you're in the game, you're no chance. And one last one, Ben Ross again. His run out of real estate is always a funny one. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know what it means. But it just, on with Ben, it just sounds a little bit amusing. Yep. There was one that we talked about last week, AJ, and I said that I was going to uh, have... You were all... Have you cooled off during the week? Yeah, no, I'm fine. It was the Lee Matthews in AFL. Oh, you can kick a goal a minute in AFL. Now, Mm. that's always off. what's often bought out when there's four minutes left in the game and there's two goals, the difference. It's a stupid saying, a goal a minute. Well, No, you can't kick a goal a minute. No one has ever kicked a goal a minute in an AFL game. No one's ever kicked 80 Ooh, goals. Cool. No one's ever in an AFL game. I'm not talking about none of Oh, you mean through during an entire game? Through an entire game. game. I tell you what, there's a few uh, district uh, pub grade clubs and mm-hmm. teams that would say otherwise. No doubt, but that's why, yeah, AFL teams, no one's done it. And you know what? Richmond coughed up three goals in about 47 seconds in, in a game. It's just a stupid saying that has somehow caught on because Lee Matthews is seen as the oracle. And it's like, oh, I know. Really? Is this, is this the one that was bugging you all week? No, that, no, no, that was the one that I said last week I wanted to, contested to, to take on. Oh, no, I forget about contested possessions. <laughs> the one that... The one this that, seems an odd one to be bugging you all week, Andrew. The one that was bugging me all week that I got all statsy about was first to 100 wins. First to 100 wins and we find ourselves again talking AFL. So let's make this quick. There is a, as we just discussed, you can't kick a goal in a minute, but there's a finite amount of points that can be kicked in a game. I think Lee's right. You can kick a goal a minute. It's just that no one has yet. <laughs> sure. Okay. Tell him he's wrong. 
You're wrong, Lee. Just because no one's done it. The average score by all teams in all games so far this season is 89.58. So if you score 90 points, you're a pretty good chance of winning. The average is similar across seasons, like the last few years, 86, 92, 87. It goes without saying that the more points you score compared to the average, the higher your chances are. So what, 100 is just a nice round number? It's just a round number that... Looks good on the scoreboard. Exactly. It's enough above the average that, of course, like, you know, you can say, oh, first to 107 wins, all right? First to 99 wins. There's no difference between first to 99 and first to 100 this year. Well, I'm just digging through your awesome spreadsheet, mm. uh, and I'm not very good at Excel, so I'm glad I've picked this out. It's like, in the 10 games this year where both teams have scored 100, the team that got their first won eight. Yeah. Making so, the statement true then. Yeah, but it's used in the, not just when both teams get there, it's always just used in, oh, first to 100 wins. I guess that's right, because in those games, the team that scored 99 first won eight as well. Yeah. Was that the same teams? Who knows? That's another spreadsheet. No, they were. Oh. oh. <laughs> so that's just a little a little thing that annoys me, and it's because, you know, oh, it's round numbers. We'll keep them coming. We, we like these. Sports truisms, cliches. If you hear something on your sports watching or listening uh, that you think sounds like twang, to put it politely, hit us up at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash discussion. In what the fifth of August, mm. uh, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a, a sports carnival on over in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil uh, called the Olympic Games. Yes, I have heard of those. Yeah, uh, if if you'd been reading the papers in Australia, you'd think that it was just a what a chicken fight. <laughs> a chicken fight between the a headless chook fight of <laughs> organizers, builders, laborers, and uh, mayors, mayors, doctors. Um, yeah, there's been some issues, AJ. Ever since the 2000 Olympics, I think it's fair to say, and even before, it's fair to say the Aussie media has tended to report on the lead into Olympic Games as being just complete disasters for the host nation. Do you think? Am that, I wrong? Am I reading that wrong? Well, I think London was okay. The others. Well, I guess so, yeah. We, th- there really is a, a thought, a feeling that is around, and we both have this feeling that the host nation has a long time to get ready mm-hmm. and they never get ready. They're never ready. Because like, even, even they always promise brand new things. Yeah. We're going to build a big shiny thing with this and that and this and that. And it just never... They can't do it. I can't get a tradie to put decking in my house in three weeks. How are they going to do build a freaking stadium in well, how long? 18 years or whatever it is. It's even well, less than that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot less than that. There was an article on Monday morning, so last Monday, which said the troubled Rio de Janeiro Olympic Games have arrived at their first major crisis less than two weeks before the opening ceremony. First major crisis? Troubled Games? Yeah, apparently... The Zika virus, apparently a pedestrian bridge that was being built collapsing and killing people. They weren't major crises. Well, not, not, not major. No. There are only people overseas dying. Yeah, buildings, no. Yeah. Full, yeah. But Australia was one of the first countries to try to move into the Olympic village. <laughs> it's unlike us to be eager about the Olympics, isn't it? Yes, and... 
Haven't we got a team of about 18,000 this year? There's a number. There's, yeah. a, there's a large number. <laughs> Only half of them are staying in the village. Half are staying at some other accommodation, which is a little bit out of the village. Those that were going to stay in the village, Kitty Chiller decided quite smartly to do what's called a stress test of the facilities. And that included turning on the taps in a number of rooms and then flushing the toilets at the same time. And that led to water coming down the walls of the of, of the buildings to show that the plumbing may not be able to handle when there's more than two or three people having a shower I at one time. didn't realise we had a synchronised toilet and showering team this year. No, no. But you'd like to think that when all of the athletes are getting ready if for If everyone their... eats at the same restaurant and all need to use the facilities at exactly the same time, the walls won't run with poopy. <laughs> sure. There's... A... <laughs> I'm not quite sure where, but there's elect- there were electrical problems, and the the, fun- the funny thing, and, and one that I think you will like, is that the floors were dirty. Oh, that was one of the issues that were raised. They're still on a building site. Yeah. My favourite thing about it all that was we held all these self righteous press conferences about how horrible it all was and how everything was unlivable, unlivable and uninhabitable. And less than 24 hours later, Kitty Chiller's fronting the media again, going, "Oh, everything's okay now." Yeah, that was an interesting one. Everyone's moving one. in tomorrow. Everything's great. And I have heard the, the 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 mayor of Rio at the time, he came out and said, I almost feel like putting a kangaroo in front of their building to make them feel at home. That scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but he has now come to the party and he's actually said that, yeah, some of the some of the facilities were, were not ready, but... Oh, I think there's been a bit of overreacting. There may well be like... Not being over there, it's, it, it is We're not over there, know. that's true. But there was also the issue with the size of the rooms and the size of the beds. Uh, Kitty Chiller, again, she published a photo on Twitter of a team bedroom. And what it looked like was a hostel in Barcelona with two single beds and not a lot of room in between them. When she tweeted that, Andrew Bogut responded, very roomy, teammates can snuggle. <laughs> and as far as I understand... Well, she didn't tweet the little extender that they put on for the tall folk. <laughs> yeah, the ottoman at the end the of the bed. The ottoman at the end of the bed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be great, isn't it? But there's, I guess there's bigger issues at play other than, you know, the the comfort of people who can't take their own pillow. And that's the expulsion of the Russian track and field team and the non-expulsion by the IOC of the rest of the Russian team. And just over the last couple of days, some um, Russian athletes have been, um, what's not expelled, banned from competing like canoeists and a couple of others like Mm. that. Yeah. Because the, the track and field, it wasn't the IOC who put in place the ban. It was the, I think it's is it the IAAF. The IAAF did. And the IOC put it back to individual uh, sports organisations, sporting bodies to ban Russians, holos bolos or notus botus. Yes. yes. Yeah. And it was... Britain's, I think, long jumper, Greg Rutherford, who came out and he called it a spineless attempt to appear as the nice guy to both sides. 
So I thought it was a brilliant way of getting themselves, extracting themselves out of trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> trading, trading a smaller problem for a much larger one that they didn't want to keep. Yep. And <laughs> because they've had no role in the athletics or that the, the track and field athletes not being able to be there, so they actually have got their hands completely off this. Uh, now, they are banking on the game starting and everyone getting swept up in Olympic fever and, you mm. know, Love and stories and uh, blah, blah, Olympic crap. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think I know what you think. <laughs> I like the Olympics. I I enjoy watching a number of, of sports and events that I don't get to see throughout the, I guess, the, the, room, the three and a half to four years between the Olympics. I like the gymnastics. I like sitting down and just going, oh, that was a good salto. And I'm just like, I don't even know what a Salto is. But um, Liz Chechkovich will, uh, will tell me who's, who's been doing a good floor routine and who's good on the rings. Uh, I just can't wait to watch all the football journos and rugby league journos trying to call sailing and things like that. Did you know that the majority of them... Here's Basil Zempelis at the fencing. No, here's Basil Zempelis in Sydney. Oh, in Sydney, calling the fencing. Yeah. yeah. Which, I guess when you're, when you're calling the... Uh, like the the canoeing and the kayaking, or no, actually the the canoeing. It's probably better to be in a studio rather than in the media boat or at the venue where you can just see them go past you. You sort of got to get your binoculars out there. At least now they'll actually be able to sort of watch hey. it on TV and see the whole thing. Well, who cares if they see the whole thing? Yeah, true. <laughs> Not, they only look, have to see the end and say this person won. <laughs> Not if you're caught. Oh, sorry, they need to keep an eye on the Australian guy and said, yeah, they battled well. Yeah, good <laughs> on it. So you're not necessarily a big fan of the Olympics. Were you I, at one point in your life uh, before you turned into a bitter old curmudgeon? Not a fan. I wasn't really a fan. I liked yeah. I liked the 100 metre sprint because, yep. you know, it's a 100 metre sprint, people run fast. Um, but I, And this year I'll watch, I mean, it's sport on TV, so I'm going to watch. I yep. know I'm going to watch. But yeah, yeah. I couldn't give a stuff about all of the oi, oi, oi and, you know, get behind our Aussies and, you know, what about this guy who's fought through such adversity to do whatever? And I just don't care. I don't know if I'm the only one. So was probably it- not. I just I couldn't give a stuff what, who wins. I'll just watch it. Is it more the, I guess, reality TV eyes in of the games, you know, that you want to know about people, they want to tell us about people's journey no, and what they've overcome. Is that what of, annoys Part you? of the problem is it, it's every four years, a lot of these sports I will have only watched every four years. Yep. Or people will have only watched every four years. They couldn't give us stuff outside of those four years. And so the commentator or, um, you know, backgrounding your athlete or something like that, they have to go into as much detail as they can to chalk every little ring, every little bit of reason why you should care about this person onto, onto the screen and into your ears. And I imagine that's particularly so with the lesser known sports. Like, you know, they, they, you've, got the, you've got the Diamond League Athletics, which goes around the, the world. And you can see Usain Bolt mm. run uh, whenever, you, whenever you want to. Yeah, but you can't watch Mistrals and see who's sailing them well for Australia. Exactly, yeah. Right. If you can, you you can, but we just don't know how. Yeah. Well, I personally, I like the I like the idea of it's the pinnacle of your sport, and it always has been up until I guess tennis came tennis. in. Yeah, 
Yeah, tennis. And that that then has led to or a maybe even of base, baseball came in as baseball was in there as well. Yeah, basketball yeah. even basketball well, gold actually, isn't the pinnacle for well it's for national teams. It's a toss up between that and the world championship, I guess. Speaking of basketball, and and that's a good I guess indicator. It's maybe the professionalisation. Of it, so when mm. when it was only amateurs who were able to compete, then it was seen as yeah the pinnacle, and it was great. But as yeah, soon as like professionals, it is, well, like it was for boxing until this year because pros can fight, but they won't fight. Well, we don't know. Oh, I is think. that still up in the air? No, no. The oh, I can't remember which federation it was has said that anyone competing as a pro will be banned for a year. Mm. Um, Triple G's. Um, Organisation. I can't remember which one it is. WBA, I think it is. Yep. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm probably wrong. Um, uh, yeah. For amateurs, boxing is the, is the is it a gold medal in boxing is what you aim for. And Muhammad Ali won it, gold Roy medal Jones. as an amateur. Roy Jones Jr. was memorably robbed of a gold medal in Korea um, in Seoul against a Korean fighter as well. Okay. In ninety, were they ninety two? No, that was eighty eight. Oh, eighty eight. See how much I care. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, there's there's sports where it genuinely is the pinnacle of that sport and they, they love it. Whereas, you know, there, there's golf. I know what – we know your thoughts on golf, but that should have been an amateur sport. Golf shouldn't you, be anywhere near the Olympics. You're right. Skate, and, skateboarding, which is coming in in the next oh. Olympics, has more place in the Olympics than golf does. Cricket – tried to get in at one point. They got into the Commonwealth Games, which was pretty dumb. I think that they need to reconsider what the parameters are around a sport that allows it to to be in the Olympic Games. Well, I'm not sure that the... I mean, we've gone around in circles here, but I'm not convinced that the Olympics in its current form will be around after, what, the next 20 years or so, five more cycles. In terms of with the number of sports or with the actual relevance of it? Well, both. To me, it's totally irrelevant now. Yep. It was irrelevant when Athens was on. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's that's me. I'm I'm sure I'm not on my own there. I don't care about the Olympic Games. (laughs) Um, But maybe this sounds like something we should put out there and maybe explore in a little bit more detail as we approach Olympic season. We will put out some questions on social media to see what people think of the Olympics. Because we know there's some folks out there, friends of ours as well, who love the Olympic Games, who really, really get behind it and um, think it's fantastic and uh, buy into all the... um, (laughs) Hoo-ha. You were looking for a better word. Uh, Screw it. Let's go with hoo-ha. There's actually... There's a guy that I work with who has been in the organisation for about three weeks, who approached the the HR manager for a television to be put in the communal kitchen so that people could watch the Olympics in the morning rather than, you know, be late for work because they'd be staying home to watch events. I suggested, yeah. that, I suggested that he may not want to raise that, but he did and, and look, he's still how, there. How good is the TV? <laughs> well, we haven't got it yet. <laughs> Just very quickly on the latest Diamond League, the athletics, Usain Bolt won the 200-metre sprint, so he has looks to have overcome his hamstring issues. Worked his way around the curious Jamaican qualifying methods to get into the Olympics. 
again, not going there. He, well, he, he didn't run at their national championships. Oh, that's if I right. Am, if I am not mistaken. I think that is correct, yes. Yeah, he, was in, he was injured at the national championships. Yeah. And usually that means, sorry. Yeah, but he's Usain Bolt. Yeah. And so they set aside some extra qualifying <laughs> activities for him. So he he's won three gold medals in each of the last two Olympics, the 100-metre sprint, 200-metre sprint, and four by 100-metre relay. The interesting one for me was American Kendra Harrison. She is a hurdler, and in the, the London Diamond League, she broke the world record for the 100-metre hurdles, which you'd think would be a really good tune-up for the Olympic Games. But she won't be going to the Olympics because in the American qualifying tournament, she finished sixth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, bad luck. Yep. You, you, you might have broken the world record, but unfortunately it was outside of our arbitrary timelines, so you're not going even though know you're the best in the world. Or you didn't finish where we used to, you were supposed to if you were any good, so you're not going to the Olympics. AJ, on the weekend, we apparently saw a tragedy of epic proportions. Oh, talk about over-egging. Over Mitch Wallace, midfielder for the Western Bulldogs Football Club, broke his leg. That was bad. That was bad. It was bad a injury. horrific injury. Injuries Jack, happened, though. Jack Redpath did his knee. Yep. That's all. So far... That's what happens in professional sport. Yeah. Uh, Dale Morris contact to hammy. Oh, but, we're hamstring. Yeah, Please. I know. But the AFL media, particularly in Melbourne, just went to town on this saying that it was like... The- I thought someone had died. I didn't actually know what had happened until I was looking at some tweets and um, I thought something, you know, something incredibly horrible had happened. No, just a couple of blokes hurt themselves. Well, the broken, was leg was, the broken leg was really bad, but... It was spoken about as if there was a death in the family. Mm, and, and also it was this, oh no, like this, these plucky young kids that have, you know, put all before them. They've finally been one injury too many, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, people wrote off the Bulldogs after that because yeah. the narrative I was picking up over the weekend was that they've had so many injuries, how could they possibly do anything else? And that was picked up a lot in the the sporting media. Yeah, and then, well, just, just quietly, they named their team, because we're recording a bit later in the week, we've seen the team they've picked for this week, and there's a few players out, but there's some bloody good players coming in. Yeah, oh yeah, they've been able to replace them. Yeah. Because on if you just look at numbers alone in terms of the number of games lost to injury, so players who have not been available due to injury, the Western Bulldogs, there's been 99 Games, Yeah, that puts them fourth overall. Yeah. Well behind Fremantle with 125. Yeah, they're almost 30 games behind for uh, third. Which is basically two people missing every game up until this point until of the this season. Point in time, yeah. Uh, and Gold Coast 126, Collingwood 129. So there is an argument to say that Collingwood have actually been the hardest hit by injuries. Collingwood have been the hardest hit. Gold Coast have been the hardest hit by Injuries to key players. Mm, and yeah, they, I remember yeah. at one stage when we spoke about this, they were only they were trying to pick from something like twenty three fit players. Yeah, and that Every, was, everyone gets a game. <laughs> that the I saw on the AFL website they tried to assign a cost 
to mm. players, which basically looks at the value that they are to the team, which I don't necessarily think that that's a good way to do it. But Fremantle came well out on top and the Western Bulldogs were mid-table, mid-table there. Yeah. So basically what it's saying is they've been able to, I guess, replace the the players with equivalent players. Yeah, uh, well, it's interesting because the the game's lost total has, I think, North Melbourne a mid-table, but uh, they've had injuries to key, key, key players and it's cost them games at times. Um, but you don't hear... We don't see any media coverage about how tragic and how awful it is for Gold Coast or Fremantle or even Collingwood. People are ripping Collingwood about how bad they've been this year. Yeah, not, not taking into account the fact that they just haven't had people available. Yeah. You mentioned North Melbourne... They have experienced – there's been 10 – so up until round 15, they had 10 games where they had at least one person injured during the game who couldn't finish the game. <laughs> well, it's interesting. The The media narrative we're getting around here is that the Western Bulldogs are everyone's second team and mm. we want them to do well and we want them – you know, it's, a, it's really – they keep saying tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. No. And ain't a tragedy when – Player in a competitive sport gets injured, in a phys- contact sport gets injured. No, it wasn't a tragedy when Gary Ablett hurt his shoulder. It wasn't a tragedy when Luke Hodge broke his arm. It certainly wasn't a tragedy when any number of players tweaked a hammy. So, sorry, it's just not a tragedy when the Western Bulldogs happened yeah. to add a few blokes to their injury do we, list. Do we sound harsh here, folks? Because it was a fairly gruesome injury, but should should that impact on what we're, what we're saying here? Let us know. This sounds like one we can... Let's have a stink. Let's have an online stink. What do yeah. you reckon? Yeah, let, because as AJ said, apparently the Western Bulldogs are, every, are everyone's second team. I ain't mine. No. No. I... Everyone's going, oh, look, if my team doesn't win, I'd like the Bulldogs to win. No, you wouldn't. My team doesn't win and I don't care what happens. Exactly. (laughs) I am in exactly the same boat. All right. Let's have it at ASD underscore podcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. This might get a bit testy. So are we right or are we wrong? Injuries happen. Learn to deal with it. AJ, at the fear of once again riling you up, Anthony... Mun- I'm, I'm a bit aggro this week, aren't I? You are, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to it. Anthony Mundine and Danny Green, go. Uh, oh. <laughs> Do I have to? Yep. We went through... You've got four minutes. We went through years of faux hatred and all of that before they fought in 2006, uh, where Danny Green had to come down a lot, a lot of weight to fight Mundine in front of 30-odd thousand people in Sydney at the SFS. Um, and he was never going to win. Green was never going to win that. Mundine got him. Uh, and again, because Anthony Mundine can't knock anyone out, he won him in on points. And was that due to Green having to drop a lot of weight to come down to Green lost to a level? lost a truckload of weight, lost a lot of power, lost mm. a lot of speed as what happens when you wither away to not much. Yep. But uh, the cash, can't argue with the cash. No. And they've fought a few more times over the journey, have they? Not each other. Um, no. Uh, oh, no. Mundine it's, has... It's been talk that they... It's, 
Yeah, oh, it's yeah. just been posing, That's posing right. the whole way, and it's all about cash. Um, there was no belt on the line when they fought first time around. Uh, Mundine has fought pretty rarely lately. Danny Green's fighting in Melbourne uh, pretty soon against oh, Kerr. I can't remember. His Anthony name. Mundine. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not as big into the boxing as you, as people could probably tell. But Anthony Mundine seems to pick his fights very, very carefully. Well, he did, and it cost him because he wanted to go over to the States to build a career there, but he was fighting tomato cans, as they say, <laughs> here, um, and never never took the chance to go over. There was a couple of other things that may have stopped him uh, going over there. He ran his mouth about a couple of uh, hot social issues. Right. But um, is, this is all coming back into the media now, presumably because there's talk again of them fighting? Well, it's looking like it's going to happen next year, 11 years after they fought first. And the first time they fought was like three years too late anyway. So what is, what is I don't want to watch my grandpa punch on with, you know, someone's old uncle next door. They're in their 40s now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Right. And, you know, Danny Green was a beast in his day. He had speed, he had power, he was a knockout animal. Then he changed his style a little bit to be more of an accumulator, you know, last the distance. Yeah. Because uh, you need to do that when you go up against the better fighters. Mundine has always always had great speed and was a really good fighter, but just fought so many bums. He never challenged himself until it was too late. But he always said that he had. He always said that he's, oh, he's but, beaten everyone. Both of them have careers of missed opportunity, and it's weird to say that for people who are guys who have won yeah. world world belts. Um, but uh, them fighting each other is just—it's just all about cash. So will it happen? They, because their careers didn't take them the way they wanted to go. Um, well, and I'm being really harsh in saying that. Yeah. Um, they need to have this clown show for to try and get as much cash as they can. Oh, and I don't think. I don't think people are going to watch it. They would. They certainly won't pay for it. It's not going to be as big as Pacquiao Mayweather, obviously. <laughs> Pacquiao Mayweather almost made a billion dollars in pay per view. Yeah, like this is going to struggle to make a million, won't it? I think they're so out of their primes. Both of them are out of their prime. Um, boxing in Australia has gone, like we've said, uh, just been repeated punches. Mm. Uh, down and down and down. Lucas Brown was bringing it back up and then obviously now he's been slung, slung with this drug charge and he's fighting that. So this is not... Uh, they should be worrying about, you know, getting guys like Lenny Zapavinga who's over in um, LA, uh, one of Australia's really good fighters. There's other fellas here as well that we've spoken about before. I mean, mm-hmm. there's these two guys just... Just don't, just don't. And if they're going to, because someone will pay, for, someone will pay to put it on. But it's, it's yeah, it's not good. Did I read that Anthony Mundine wants it to be like on Uluru? Yeah, it's saying he wants to have it on the top. Well, I think no, I'm not, I think that might be a bit of a oh, I'll fight him anywhere. I'll fight him on the top of Uluru, sort of thing. I haven't actually heard it in context. So okay, just, I, I would. I let's would, leave it there because we sling off here. Well, I mean, we slung off about five minutes ago at people uh, and how they report things. So let's just all right. We'll check that later. So don't one, do it, I'm Danny. Say, one, one word answers. Will it go ahead? Yes. Should it go ahead? No. Who will win? 
Depends on the weight. Do you care? Uh, I should, but I don't. One word answer. Should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let us know, folks. Do you want to see this fight, Mundine Green? Is it 15 years too late? Is it 20 years too late? ASD, at ASD underscore podcast, Twitter, facebook.com slash discussion. That will do for episode 21 of A Sporting Discussion. AJ, you need to just have a little bit of a lie down. Just calm yourself. Think of, think of happy times. Think of, think of Paul Chapman and Jimmy Bartell <laughs> running around with think a of, premiership cup. Think of Kieran Perkins winning from lane eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't think of that. <laughs> All right. That's that is a wrap here. Let's if you have any issues that you'd like us to talk about next week, hit us up on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or Facebook.com slash sporting discussion. We will be putting out some social media questions around the Olympics. Do you care? And also if you want to let us know what you think about Danny Green versus Anthony Mundine. Shoot us a message on that one as well. Should that be going ahead? If you like your cricket, you can tune in to White Line Wireless on Mixler. Just go to your Google machine and type in White Line Wireless for commentary of the Australia versus Sri Lanka test series. Tell your friends to subscribe to ASD on iTunes. Yes, we are also on Wooshka. Uh, you can download the Wooshka app or go to wooshka.com to have a sneaky listen at work. Wooshka are the great folk who host all of our audio. We are also on Stitcher, TuneIn and Podbean. Make sure you leave us a review, minimum of five stars. We love reviews. We do love reviews. Uh, Andrew, this weekend is your last weekend hosting Bound for Glory on Triple R FM in Melbourne. What do you got for us? I will be talking... Formula One, roller derby, and blind cricket. All right. That is a mixed bag. Three inextricably linked items. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and you, what time? 1 p.m. till 2 p.m. on Sunday. Hopefully, I won't have any issues with button pressing this time. Oh, I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Just... You're on. Oh. And we're back, yes. (laughs) AJ, you have been doing some blogging, live blogging for the raw.com.au for the NRL and some AFL. Will will we see you on the raw.com.au this weekend? Yes, I will be doing a Monday night's game between the Gold Coast Titans and the Cronulla Sharks, which should be an absolute cracker. That is top of the table, Cronulla Sharks. Yep, against the red hot Gold Coast Titans who are coming up on 7th. Ah, excellent. Mm. All right, and oh, we almost forgot. You dono the sports guy on Monday mornings. Yes. Where you, you're the only uh, Melbourne sports rap that they have to ask if you're going to talk about <laughs> AFL. I do try to go through or see if I can get through without mentioning we AFL. We should flip that because we've done too much AFL last couple of weeks here. Folks, We need give us a topic that's not AFL related and we'll jump all over it. Yes, yes, we will. Speaking of jumping all over it, we're going to jump on this opportunity to finish this episode. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week.